Hi, you're listening to the HRD Live podcast. I'm Sam Alberti, reporter for HRD Connect, and I'll be your host. This conversation on the future of work and how it will affect drivers was recorded remotely from our homes on July 30th, 2020, during the coronavirus lockdown in the United Kingdom. And as a result, the audio quality may fluctuate slightly. Joining me for this episode were Richard Parker and Stephen Lewis from fleet management software organisation Webfleet. We discussed the changing employer attitudes towards the well-being of employees, how this could impact performance, how organisations can make better use of technology to improve employee well-being, and much more. Enjoy the podcast. So, obviously a lot has changed since the pandemic, but what, in your opinion, guys, is the biggest change that drivers will face on the roads now as they make their return to work? I think it's just the the level of traffic that's out there at the moment, so... Yeah, I, I say it's change. It's it's changing since they kind of since the lockdown started and they started to lift restrictions. And uh, I've been out there recently, and probably if you look there on what's happening, you'd think there'd be more traffic out there than there actually is. It's still pretty quiet out there. So I've been on the M25 at seven o'clock in the morning, and it's free flowing traffic. But I think also just to be aware that people aren't driving as much. I think we're all we all know that now. So. There's a few more uh, mistakes or manoeuvres that people are doing out there that you wouldn't expect. So just be uh, just be careful and a little bit more aware than you probably were before about what's actually happening around you. Yeah, mm. we've got um, some data that we've just got today that says, you know, from 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 the information that's out there from our system, that the transport levels are actually back to about 86 percent. But I think you have to. Uh, caveat that with the fact that most of that might be in that HGV population so haulage and transport may well be getting back but as as, uh, Stephen sort of mentioned I was out last Friday uh, at quarter to eight by the by Heathrow airport and it was free flowing and that's a first for me at that time in the morning on a Friday morning which Mm -hmm. tells me that traffic is most definitely not back to normal levels for people yeah it's, it's that commuter traffic which hasn't come back yet you know the hgv and obviously commuter traffic and also we mentioned it as well uh bus and coach not many coaches out there at the moment so it's definitely quieter but it's just that commuter that early morning and late evening traffic just isn't around at the moment mm. right well so obviously things have changed but um what does that mean in, in practical terms so um so how are drivers potentially more unsafe now than they might have been pre-pandemic uh i think there's i think there's two things there's there's the actual physical um driving capability um and then the psychological so let's deal with with the physical mm. um you know i'll you know for me personally it's the first journey of any length that i did last friday going back to that in four months and there was a number of things that felt alien not just the controls of the car the speed i was going and and you know speed is a factor that has been backed up by Highways England, that they're currently saying that average road speeds are now 4% higher than uh, pre-lockdown. Uh, mm. If you take into the fact that HGVs are, and, you know, and, and those vehicles are, are highly governed, it just says that everything else on the road is traveling a lot quicker. So, mm. so that, was, that was, from a physical perspective, that was, was particularly felt strange, felt alien in the car in terms of you know, my positioning on the road and, and the speeds I was traveling. Um, mm. And then from a psychological perspective, there was very, there's very much around when I did stop for a break, because it was a long journey, which is the appropriate thing to do after a couple of hours. I didn't know how to act in a service station. 
you know, it was actually quite a nerve-wracking experience walking in, going, which way do I walk? You know, do I need my mask on? Don't I need my mask on? Um, so there was actually quite a lot of uncertainty around that. And Stephen, I don't know what your experience was like. Yeah, I think it's just general you know it's when when people drive a lot and even the commuter going to work every day that's a lot of driving uh driving becomes second nature and there was a big gap there at, the, at those you know basically three months of lockdown where people weren't doing a lot of driving so and, and i was the same i didn't do a lot of driving and i've done a little bit more recently but even the past couple of weeks going out there in the car it's still something i need to think about a little bit more especially because in my situation i drive two i can drive two cars so my partner's car and my own car and I've been driving my partner's car more than my own so getting back into my car is just a little bit strange every now and again but also the roads have changed and people got used and enjoyed their hours or their one daily exercise during lockdown and that seems to have continued a lot so there's lots of pedestrians out there at the moment and people trying to do social distancing so you see a lot of pedestrians taking to the roads to try and keep space between them and people walking the other way so it's there's a lot more traffic out there not just not on the roads but actually on the pavements people using the road that wouldn't use the road before and people just need to be aware of that and just understand what people are doing on the, on the pavements and how people are interacting with the vehicles absolutely i think the other psychological thing as well Stephen, as you were talking and just thinking about is that you know we need to take consideration for people's home situations um, mm. and what's going on in their home life that may affect the way they feel as they get back into the car you know that every individual have their own personal circumstances regarding risk for the family of going out and and being out on the roads again you know and who they're going to encounter and be in contact with you know and, and all that you know i've been sat in a room here by myself for, for four months almost, you know, when I'm at working during the day, you know, that mm. has an impact on me and my own self and every individual will be in a similar position. So I think organizations have to account for what, what individual circumstances might be in terms of returning back to any kind of driving, whether it's for work or to get to an office place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, so the safety is, is one element, but but how about the knock-on effects that will have in terms of how people are, are performing their jobs and, and the level to which they're performing these jobs? I mean, how is it going to affect them day-to-day um, in, in terms of performance? Uh, it's a strange one, I think, because, again, if we if we look at our own situation, um, the people who we would have typically interacted with um, on a face-to-face basis are now digitally up to speed. They've had to be. So I find certainly more of my meetings are shorter, sharper, uh, maybe more frequent. um, And Mm. I'm not interspersing that with a six hour drive. So, Mm. you know, in many ways, my productivity has probably gone up as a result of this. Um, Mm. I'm one situation. I am not all, you know, all sectors and and industries. So they're also Mm. bound to be, I guess, ones where where productivity has, has become a challenge. But um, mm-hmm. I think there is plenty of digital um, digital pieces of software and everything that there is now really speeded up and, and mm-hmm. enabling people to be productive. It's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And we it's kind of a cliche to say that we need to find the balance. But uh, that's what we're looking for. You know, some people like to be out there and see, see customers or see clients or be in an office and they get and they get real value from that. 
and some people are really enjoying working from home and being feel like they're being more productive and i think it's just the ability for us and companies to sit back and think what is the best for our employees or what is the best for you personally is it finding that balance or is it working from home or is it coming back into the office and just giving people that option mm. i think from 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 my perspective i say i've been out a few times now but I've not. I've got no plans to go back to how much I was out previously. Just think a little bit more about what we're doing and what we're uh, and what we're achieving and why we're out there. Mm. It's also what 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 is the measure of productivity? You know, we discussed this in the webinar, didn't we, Stephen? Is, is mm-hmm. you know, is productivity how many meetings a week you do, or is it a different measure of output? You know, mm. and or is it how many miles you do? Which is you know sometimes yeah. a traditional sales role. You know. A manager may well look at the expense line and see how many miles they did and say, oh, they were busy that week. Mm. Uh, and is that really a justifiable measure of act, uh, productivity? I, mm. I don't think so. I think oh, we need to start looking at, you know, what is the real measure of output? And, and the flexibility comes into the day. It's not, you know, I've got two children, you know, at half past three on, a, on, a, on most days, I'm getting interrupted. So, so actually, is that okay to happen? But I pick up the work at seven o'clock when they've gone to bed and, and things like that. So I think the way that days are now measured are also need to be looked at differently from a productivity perspective. Right. Okay. And and how about from the employer's perspective? Um, you know, with things having changed and um, you know risks on the road having increased. How do you think this should affect uh, their approach to their workforce and, you know, in terms of being more vigilant about looking after them? You know, do you, do you think something significant has or maybe should be changing in, in that regard? I, th- I think, t- to be honest, from what we've seen, a lot of employees have been forced to have a look at this because mm. of the regulations from COVID-19. And uh, so they've having to put a lot of more regulations or safety procedures in place for their workforce or for their mobile workforce. And hopefully in companies we've been speaking to, it's giving them the opportunity to not just review the policy around COVID-19, but their entire policy around driving and to make sure it's up to up to standard and in some cases being used. You, you, know, you know, we've seen it where companies give a driver a policy and it's never looked at ever again. And it's just given the companies the opportunity to say, right, guys, this is the policy. Let's look at it. It's got some new things in there around COVID-19 that we need to be adhering to. but let's go through the whole thing and let's make sure we're looking at the policy and using the policy. And I think one of the things that, that certainly I've noticed with a couple of organisations I've worked with is, is perhaps the level of compassion that has developed within organisations, level of care. That's really been quite a positive outcome of this. I think, you know, people are more aware of people's personal circumstances and a little bit more you know compassionate in that area towards that so you know some of the documents I've helped compile the last few weeks around bringing back to people to work are probably somewhat softer in tone than they would have been previously I think that's been one of the really nice changes that I've seen coming through. Right so I mean clearly a a lot has and probably will still change in that regard then I mean you mentioned compassion and care Stephen you you spoke about uh, regulations safety procedures reviews that kind of thing so assuming all of this stuff is implemented what benefit is that having on the employer long term? I mean, I mean, how is that how is that affecting you know the company's bottom line, um, productivity, retention, things like that? Um, what effect do you think it could have overall? I think fundamentally, anything like this will will look at reducing the company's bottom line. 
you know mm. any any impact of these sort of things whether it's less miles that the vehicles are being used for whether it's even less vehicles that they need or whether it's less accidents and incidents out there on the road that will always have a knock-on effect on the company's bottom line maybe not in the short term maybe they mm. might need to invest uh, to give some of their employees some of the tools that we talk about to communicate or to do their job remotely maybe it's you know new laptops new home office equipment and things like that but we all know that fuel and vehicles are expensive for companies so if they can be reduced or removed then it's great but also i think flexibility and the flexibility that people are being given at the moment and companies are learning to adapt to and are going to have an impact on retention of staff and sickness and illness and staff well-being and and things like that and that will also have a, a knock-on effect on not just the bottom line but productivity as well mm. i think the other thing is that you know we know from all the data that we collect that the the output of somebody's driving style is 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 the culmination of a number of input factors whether that's the amount of work they have to try and get done in the day um the nutrition the sleep they've had in the day um you know the how the, the employer treats those individuals all those things we see multiply through in into an output in the way that they drive uh, and the way that they drive has an impact as Stephen said you know on whether it's on fuel usage or risk of accidents those are the payback areas by adopting the right kind of inputs to, to those people out on the roads in the first place absolutely and i guess another question that really has to be asked here is you know we've, we've spoken a lot about how the the driving process can be made safer you know more productive smoother but you know the question that needs to be asked is do they need to be driving at all i mean technology is obviously a huge topic when we're talking about post-pandemic stuff it seems to be replacing a lot of the processes and, and systems that occur in modern organizations and i guess this is another example of that i mean in your opinion do you think technology can just replace that process altogether for for a lot of professions i, I think it will i think we've, we're at one extreme uh, and at some point it will rebalance back a little bit. As Stephen's already said, I don't think we'll go back to where we were in any way, shape or form. But certainly, you know, I've been on a number of webinars and various things online over the recent months. And one of the things that does seem to be emerging and emerging quite quickly is this this question around how will transport and, and movement look like? Uh, and I think the current shutdown period has, has definitely allowed um, a line in the sand to be drawn for a number of of organizations that say to, to look at what that mobility looks like going forward and we're already seeing quite a large emergence of subscription services you know the rising EV adoption because people will be driving less and active transport you know as it's now being called which is the walking and the, and the cycling and the investment in that so I don't think the answer is out there yet in terms of what the final picture looks like, but I do think you're right that we won't go back to the level of, of road traffic in terms of passenger cars and non-professional drivers that we that we did in the past. I think there will be, you know, some kind of balancing in the end. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Richard. I think it's just a case of finding that happy medium where we need to operate again. I think as you said, we were at an extreme where 
a meeting was only a meeting if it happened face to face fundamentally, especially in a lot of industries, not in every industry, but in a lot of industry. And especially that came to people flying to different countries and things like that. And we might just get to the point where people had question marks about whether we needed to fly to go to meetings, if that was your role. And it might be the case that we get to the point that we need to, to justify if we need to get in a car or if we need to get on a train to travel to see these to these see these companies, because it does cost money and we just need to justify it. And do you think that this is potentially an outlet for organisations to uh, to address employee well-being in a wider sense, in a more holistic sense? You know, if, if, if people are having to travel less, that's going to improve things like work-life balance, that's going to improve their mental health, potentially their financial health, things like that. So do you think this is potentially a, a big opportunity for a, for a lot of organisations to uh, take that next step in terms of taking care of the workforce? I, I think it's a, an opportunity, but there's also a risk factor there as well. You know, not everybody's in the situation where they live with a family or with kids or with a, a partner. Some mm. people live alone and some people then thrive on that human interaction on a daily basis. So we don't want to come to the point where we start taking that away from people. So mm. again, we said it a lot during this conversation about finding the balance and giving people options and what, for what they want to do. And I don't think the idea of just completely closing the office and making everything remotely will work for everybody. I think people still would like to go to an office and still interact with people because in some cases that's the only opportunity they have. So uh, I think it's just, I say, one rule is not going to fit all in here. It's just finding the balance for the workforce and what works for people. And that might be some conversations that some employees need to have with their, with their employer about what they want to do going forward, what works for them. And the other, I mean, the other aspect of, of well-being as well, you know, I've got a few conversations that I've started to have is is around what does, you know, the benefits package, what do organisations provide in terms of perceived or real benefits for their employees? And when we were all in an office environment, you know, we've mentioned this before, the, the bowl of fruit often came in, you know, the fruit packages in, into the offices in terms of nutrition and health. Well, if people are remote but valued that as as a benefit from their employer, how is that translated to people who are work, perhaps working at home four days a week now or, or most of the you know the entire week you know that, that still become benefits i think the traditional benefits offered by companies in the past may well need to be thought about again in terms of what they look and feel like for people who are perhaps working from home most of the time yeah the online uh, the online pub quizzes with with your colleagues can't last forever we need to <laughs> There needs to be another way to make people feel like they're part of a yeah. of a group. Just as an example, I drove home on Sunday, 310 miles, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try, you know, fulfil everything I've been saying. And I put a load of fruit in the car for probably the first time in a long time to drive back. And the difference it made to how I feel and felt driving home, I think, was 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 fundamental in terms of the, mm. certainly the following day and the energy levels. So again, uh, you know, in terms of well-being, I think you know, really concentrating on the nutritional education for people who are perhaps going out on the roads and the and the hydration and that side of it, I think is also key in terms of well-being in vehicles. And it comes back to what you said before about people's home lives and people need to take this into consideration as well. You know, people have have different scenarios at home, which makes which makes them more susceptible or more worried or concerned about what the coronavirus can do to them. So employers need to take that into consideration and make sure it's not just a case of we need to get people out on the road doing their jobs again. What else can maybe these people do because they're not feeling up to or not happy about going back out there on the road? And 
And just to return briefly to the topic of technology, um, do you guys think at all that um, it's possible that there are, there are many employers out there that already have very useful technologies at their disposal that just haven't necessarily been applied in, in the right way before and that possibly the situation we're in now could be sort of a wake up call in that regards? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue at the minute, of course, about how new technologies can come in to smooth out the process of of the changing workplace but you know maybe that's not necessary in some cases what about the technologies that already exist i think you know i've I've been working in technology for remote workers for a long time and i think one of the biggest challenges we see is the change or the technology adoption of people adopting the new technology that we're trying to bring into businesses and it's clear that there's lots of companies out there that have invested in technology over the previous years that aren't getting the full benefit out of it and it isn't doing what it was bought to do in its whole you know it's maybe doing 10 20 percent of why it was purchased which isn't obviously giving them the the roi of what they wanted and i think this is a really good opportunity for people just to we're not asking them or telling them to go and invest in brand new technology i think it's to take stock of what you've actually got within the business because there will be lots of technology out there that you're already using or already trying to use that isn't working and just review it make sure people are trained you know people have got a lot of spare time to sit behind computers at the moment to make sure they're trained on how to use this technology and you'll see some instant benefits from using it I mean, I think lots of companies in, in our space have, have been rushing to push out, you know, sign on glass, things like that, because they don't want to be looking at paper. They don't want to be uh, moving things around that be, can be carrying the virus. So I'm taking pictures of things being delivered in, instead of the signature just to try and get away from it. And if they've had that technology in the vehicle and within their business for a long time, they just needed mm-hmm. that push to start using it. And I think lots of people are, and lots of businesses are in that situation. I think there's also a lot, you know, the simpler things with regard to technology as well, Sam, where, you know, everybody uses Microsoft Outlook and Calendar, you know, but how many people, if they're, if I'm out driving, do I ever fringe the meeting that I might be going with my traveling time? Do I let people know that actually it's not just a one hour meeting? There may be two hours either side of travel time where it's inappropriate for me to be contacted. So, so it's adopting good working practices with those existing technologies. It's also about line managers and and the management teams sticking to policies whereby if a driver is out driving they don't contact them you know and those are things where technology as Stephen said they're already in the organizations it's just how they're being used and applied in terms of you know the topic of this which is driver well-being you know and employee well-being while they're out on the roads right well I think it's just about time to wrap up there it feels like we've covered a lot of ground but of course it's such a vast topic that we probably have only just about scratched the surface so Stephen if if the listeners want to find out anything more about this topic how could they possibly follow up with you guys afterwards yeah easy just I think just contact me or, or Richard directly on our email addresses so that's Richard is richard.parker at webfleet.com and mine is stephen.lewis that's Stephen with a v at webfleet.com or just find us on LinkedIn and we'll uh, happy to give you more information we're both quite active on LinkedIn Excellent. Guys, thanks very much for joining me. No problem. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HRD Live podcast. Following a short hiatus, we will now once again be releasing new episodes on a regular basis. So make sure to subscribe via your preferred platform. Finally, remember to head over to hrdconnect.com for more insights and analysis on the future of work. Until next time, goodbye.